0: Do you remember the first song that you two did together? Well, actually, I can't remember the first song. I mean, I can't. There was one, The Angel Tree, it grows so fast and the roots are pretty deep. Like <laughs> oh my god, there was a song called Regimental Sergeant Zippo. Um, <laughs> yes, it was the 60s, folks. Uh... The Angel Tree has grown so high and its roots are pretty deep. Never climb that willow God its trunk is awful steep.
1: Hello, welcome to episode three of the, I guess that's why they call it, the Elton John podcast podcast. We've got a really great topic today. It's the 1968 debut album that never was. Or was it an album that never was? That's the first question we need to answer. Then we're going to look at some evidence about that we're going to listen to the words of some of the people who were involved in the recording and we are going to listen to the recordings themselves be aware there's some pretty poor quality music coming your way and i don't mean poor quality music in the sense that elton does there when he's laying into angel tree at the beginning of the show but i mean the sound quality which you will know if you've heard this stuff before if you have heard this stuff before Don't be jaded. There's some things here which I think will be new to you. I've done a load of research for this episode. And I've found things that I haven't seen discussed anywhere else. So stick around for the wild ride that is the Regimental Sergeant Zippo album. And I say that because that apparently is the name of the 12-track album that was prepared and presented to Steve Brown and I think Stephen James in 1968. We can be pretty sure that it really was presented in this manner because in 2015, an auction went up on eBay for a 12-track acetate with that title, the, The Regimental Sergeant Zippo, and it was put up by a reputable record dealer on behalf of his client, a certain Hamish McAlpine who is a member of the McAlpine dynasty. It's the construction people. Um, and he also is a um, film distributor. He owned Tartan Films, who have subsequently gone under. That may have something to do with him trying to liquidate some of these assets. I don't know. And he was... 13 in 1968 which adds a little bit more confusion to this story a little bit more doubt perhaps to his claim i suggest that maybe lord james Baring, who ran regent sounds which is where all of the records for djm were cut certainly all of the uh, demos and acetates were cut to vinyl or to acetate Um, he may have when he left that role in 1968 he may have passed his acetates to another member of a friend I suppose a member of the aristocracy McAlpine's dad because he knew that he had a young son that's a possibility McAlpine had this record and he also had an acetate of Empty Sky the song Empty Sky I think which potentially would have been in uh, Baring's hands in 1968, late 68. It might well have been, or the timing might have been slightly confused. Caleb Quay says that the record was prepared. He says this, it was ready for final production when I decided to leave DJM. Um, that's what he says. And he says that that, w- and he left DJM in January of 68, Which confuses things a little bit because some of these songs, part of the 12 tracks on this album, were registered to Elton's publisher as late as, I think, June 68. So maybe they were registered late. Maybe Caleb's recollection as to when he left DJM is incorrect. Or maybe he carried on working on the music and they presented it a little after he left. Anyway, again, it's all a little bit flaky time-wise. No one's really sure what happened when. Let's uh, start to let's get on with the music though. Let's have a listen to what is apparently the lead track from the album, "When I Was Tealby Abbey."
0: You him. I remember well how it used to be You remember, too, obviously. remember, when. remember when I was then. It was not so long ago
1: Maybe I think it's believable so that this started tea 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 the debut album, album, album that never was. It's got that really lovely swirly organ introduction and then it kicks in with a strong verse, full start to the chorus, some great backing vocals, full string arrangement. Well, I don't know how many there are there, but you can hear there's um, there's some, some arrangement. The arrangements were done by Zach Lawrence, who was an in-house arranger at DJM. But whether or not they managed to squeeze a string section in, I don't know. I mean, some of the string sections to some of these songs sound enormous for example not on this album but uh, the tide will turn for Rebecca is an epic Um, and I'm sure that wasn't done on a two track machine but everything I've read suggests that it was Um, Zach Lawrence went on to do the music for the Crystal Maze among many other things I've tried to get into contact with him for this podcast and uh, I'll let you know if he ever gets back to me I think he's still with us although he doesn't appear to be working anymore This is a really oblique lyric from Bernie. Uh, He is talking about being a building, and although this is somewhat in line with the psychedelic approach um, to imagery, it is definitely an odd place to start your album at. Um, I've looked into Tealby, it's an actual place, it's in Lincolnshire. It's relatively near Bernie's home town and he definitely knew about this place. And there is, well not an abbey there, but there is a ruined manor called Bayon's Manor. B-A-Y-O-N-S. And if you search for Bayon's Manor Tealby, you'll find pictures of what it used to look like. A very grand building that was demolished in the mid-1800s. But there is still bits of it There and reading on the internet about it, I found this comment by a chap called Chris Drakes, posted in 2010. He said, In 1944, the Bayonne's Manor estate was purchased by Reginald William Drakes, who was my grandfather's cousin. He was a local farmer who bought it primarily for the farmland. He goes on to say, The yellow Lincolnshire stone from which it was built was used to make a road on the estate. Elton John's songwriter, Bernie Taupin, living in a nearby cottage in Tealby. I think he implied a verb there. And this was the origin of the song Yellow Brick Road. It was nothing to do with The Wizard of Oz. Please see my website for pictures and further information. I think I will. Um, I'll do that later on. Uh, So there's a connection between this song and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, the song. Still, the lyrics aren't fantastic. It's the whole, it was not a long time ago, that's a very long time ago problem in this song, which strikes me as an odd thing. Another odd thing is the fact that, actually, someone covered this song. The Young Brothers, they had a a Cook Greenaway single in September of 67 on MCA, um, that's their only single, although they did go on to do many other things. Paul Cook, Paul Young, rather, was would later be a member of Sad Café and also a member of Mike and the Mechanics. Uh, so it took him a while to find any measure of success. But one of their stabs at success was recording "When I Was TLB Abbey," uh, maybe in '67, although it's registered as being written in April '68. So who knows? They had a crack at it, and they did it in a very straight manner. Let's have a listen to the young brothers. And the rocks dropped, and the gravel started giving away. I can still recall when we were small,
0: but oh, what a fateful day. Younger times, the children climbed up and down your walls. And the curse on the day the faithful say, when to be happy falls. Remember when, remember when I was still be happy then? It was not so long ago, maybe a hundred years or so. When I was still be happy, that's a long, long time ago. When I was still be
1: happy, that's a long, long time ago. So clearly a great deal of effort went into that a full arrangement. It's delivered in such a straight manner, it's lost all of the charm of the original version. Perhaps that's why it wasn't taken forward. It's really hard to say whether or not this was done any earlier than the first um, cover of an Elton John song, which came out in May 68 on Decca. That was Edwin B's cover of I've Been Loving You. But anyway, it wasn't released. It's certainly the first cover of a Bernie lyric seems a bit of a weird choice to me and yeah clearly the label agree and it never came out but it exists as a curio it only came out onto youtube about a year ago and it's got less than 200 views so you're among the first people to hear that cover let's move on to what was the second song of the album and the clock goes round
0: First I saw the lights on the ceiling dim The stale perfume, yeah, and the big canteens. My first impression was to get outside
1: pretty folk song here in the verse and then it all takes a turn for the weird in the chorus where you've got where the music sort of turns clock-like with everything becoming slightly circular in the musical patterns Um, you've got a tick-tock going on in the percussion that's quite clever I think and it's surprising this song is a really rich piece of music and it's a much stronger lyric from Bernie no unusual imagery here, but it is quite relatable, as they would say in the States. It's a lazy love song. And I could see bands covering this. I'm not sure why this wasn't pushed ahead of TLB Abbey for potential covers. The band... well, We don't know who the band are. We can be... Obviously, Caleb's in there, and Caleb recorded this material Um we can be pretty sure that Dave Hines is on drums he tended to be at this time he was the drummer from the band Mirage who were heavily involved with DJM Um, and Dee Murray was the bassist in that band so he might well be here we can't really hear if he's doing any of his signature bass work in any of this material but then again we don't know whether or not his style particularly matured by now intriguingly According to the Keith Haywood book, that band, Quay, K- Murray, Hines and Elton, toured, played a gig at the Marquee in 1968. That would have been something to hear. So, yeah, this is a real band playing a real song. I love this tune. It's fantastic. And I think
2: th-
1: that if I were sequencing this album, I would have put it second as well, because it's a strong tune and that's a, that's where you put your strong songs The third song on the album, it's Sitting Doing Nothing.
0: I'm just sitting doing nothing. Sitting doing nothing, wondering where I should go. Many people that
1: I've encountered say they you could hear the confidence in Elton John's piano playing. He just leaves so much space there in the vocal as well. The band sound almost horizontal. It is a, another song about laziness. Seems a bit odd programming two songs about laziness next to one another. But musically, it is quite nicely contrasted to And The Clock Goes Round. It's another great tune from Elton and another one that you that know, is very reminiscent of later stuff. It sounds like something potentially off of Tumbleweed almost. Let's go straight on and have a listen to track four Turn to Me
2: has died in the
1: heat of the night. The people they pretend
0: that your company is bright, but right your way by the phone that has died. Don't build up your hope. There's no one that's left for you to confide in. Turn to me. i gather your pride, baby, to me. But you seem to be happy.
1: This is probably the first song of this collection which really represents the uh, clamour from djm for elton to write material for other artists to cover and it's a pretty unsuccessful lyric it's very straightforward it might to me it doesn't really sound like a bernie lyric but maybe it is um it's not very it's got a quite a nice garagey sound in the guitars at the beginning of the song but it doesn't really go anywhere musically it's not one of my favorites on this album but it did attract a couple of cover versions so let's hear the first of those from Guy Darrell Their abuse. That seems like a Scouse accent that he's doing there, which is a bit weird, because this guy was born in Kent. Um, he also recorded Skyline Pigeon a little later, so he obviously had a bit of a soft spot for Elton's music. Uh, he is uh, known for a number 12 hit in 1973. I don't know anything about Guy Daryl outside of that. Uh, the more widely known version of this song comes from Nigel Olsen's band Plastic Penny they recorded their version and it came out on their album let's have a listen to that don't build up your
2: hopes there's
0: no one that's left for you to confide in. Turn to me,
2: turn to me, turn to me, turn to
1: me. They've gone for a pretty straight rendition, but nowhere near as uh, straight as Guy Darrell's. I've given you the end of that song, which is notable for the uh, out the coda, would we call that? Which sounds an awful lot like the ending of the song Harmony from Goodbye Elbert Road. There aren't many instances where Elton cannibalizes his own music, but I do think this is one of them. This is a, a really great bit of the uh, goodbye elaborate road album a really definitive ending to it and he's taken it from this song okay so let's have a listen to track 5 of the Elton John non-debut album which is angel tree
0: I've been to The trunk is awful steep. Yeah, the trunk is awful steep. Men down here have gone up there and rested underneath the bough. They slept long. What is wrong? They never woke up again.
1: That's Angel Tree, which almost definitely doesn't feature Bernie on tambourine. I can say this with some confidence, because Caleb talks about Bernie's tambourine playing in the Keith Haywood book. He says... um, I could see the vocal mic with Reg on one side and Bernie on the other trying to play the tambourine. Bernie had never played a tambourine in his life and I'm sat at the control panel looking at the screen thinking, what is he doing? It was all out of time. So through the communication intercom, I told Bernie to stop what he was doing as it looked like he was swatting flies with the tambourine. He stopped at that point, but Reg fell about laughing. This is the song that we heard Elton laying into. At the beginning of the show which seems a little bit cruel because this lyric seems to have some meaning to bernie he wrote about the angel tree in his autobiography about his childhood called a cradle of halos i'll read to you what he's got to say about it he says this was without a doubt a place i love to visit wild and windswept It was a good place to gather your thoughts or mull over the problems of the day. Not many ventured here. Only those unfortunates who'd missed the last bus to Bixby could be seen using this alternative route home. For hours I would sit among the remains of the angel tree, the last surviving limbs of a local legend. It was said that long ago an angel of the Lord had descended and taken up residence in this tree. Confronting a local shepherd seeking refuge beneath its boughs, the angel had passed on to him a vital message from God to mankind. The shepherd returned to the village with this message, only to be stoned and exiled as a blasphemous madman. He later died in poverty, taking with him the words of the divine messenger. "'I dreamed here and drew the evening air into my lungs.' It was good to be young, experiencing nature at first hand. I lusted for life and lived each day to the full, all child in a world slowly slipping from a child's hands. So it does sound like there's something of that story in Bernie's lyric. Elton's given it a fairly light treatment with a doo-wop style bridge, which um, I have featured in the segment that I've put in here. It almost sounds like something off of Caribou, that bit. It's quite advanced for the time. The arrangement is mostly simple, but we've got a horn part in there. And this, although this isn't the strongest bit of music on the album, and neither's turned to me if you ask me, if I were to put a bit of a lull, if I were to sequence that, I would put it towards the end of side one. Um, but I would make sure that the final song of side one would be a strong one. And it is a strong one. It's the title track of the album. It is Regimental Sergeant Zippo.
0: If he can his eyes survey the floorboards with his soldiers around him but fear not for the future you will climb the highest mountain
1: Sergeant Zippo, the longest song on the album running at four and a half minutes it is also possibly the most complex song musically, it's got several sections, it's got a really involved outro Um, in terms of its recording, it has to be the most um, involved, we've got multi-layered flutes and a lot of interesting backward flutes going on at the beginning. Um, Lyrically, this is a song of innocence, the innocence of the child. It has a certain immaturity in the lyrical presentation, I think. Um, It is the sort of thing that you're either going to love or you're going to hate, and I think it might have turned the record company off, the whole album if it hinged on this song, which musically is quite strong, but lyrically it is, it's is—it's a bit out there. Let's leave it at that. This is what uh, Caleb had to say about the song. He said, we loved Lennon McCartney's uh, Strawberry Fields Forever and we were heavily influenced by that sort of sound, which is where songs such as Regimental Sergeant Zippo came from. And he talks about their artistic vision, and the compromises that they had to make between that and the desires of the record company, and so he immediately, when he mentioned Zippo, his thoughts turn to the record company's attitude to it, which I don't think I think this was one of the songs that made the decision for Stephen James and Steve Brown. This is on the garagey end of psychedelic. It's although we can't really hear it in its full glory, the guitars sound filthy, especially towards the end. Um, it's a heavy tune, and it's a pretty angry song. It's probably meant as some sort of an anti-war um, message, although that is nowhere near explicit within the lyrics. I, I think you hear about the child desiring to be like his dad but that's about as close to the adult world that this song gets lyrically musically Elton threw everything at it and it just seems a shame that this doesn't get played doesn't get heard we don't get to hear the um, the detail in Caleb's production anyway this is the point where the uh, 1968 Elton John fan will have turned their record around to listen to A Dandelion Dies in the Wind. I
2: see my
0: eyes in a The seagulls say you've gone It was just a game of let's
2: pretend
0: And I'll whistle to the waves that lend me tears Purple clouds, golden rain Yesterday has gone And a dandelion dies in the wind If you're
1: the The main refrain, the purple clouds, golden rain, it's so beautiful. I remember watching a Elton John documentary around about the time Two Rooms came out where they were talking about the early days and I hadn't heard any of the early demos at that point and That, in the soundtrack of of that documentary, that chorus just poked its way above the surface and I could not believe that something so beautiful was not widely known and not heard. It is really stunning. The sound of this is very gothic with the organ and a very twangy piano sound. It almost sounds like um, something from REM playing their album Out of Time live. It um, sounds like Half a World Away or something like that. Very complex bit of music. Very, very um, psychedelic lyrics again from Bernie it's probably the sort of thing that if you were a young Elton John you would have been very impressed with but if once you become a little bit more streetwise and you've seen the psychedelic movement come in and come out and I think the likes of Steve Brown will have been pretty sure that psychedelic music was approaching the end of its lifespan in mid-1968 it's the sort of thing that you would have Start to look back with a little bit of cringe, and yeah, I think this is a slightly cringe worthy lyric, but it's a beautiful piece of music, really sensitively recorded, and a highlight of the album. Definitely the sort of thing you'd be happy to turn an album round to listen to as the first song on side two. Let's have a listen to the second song on the uh, second side, which is You'll Be Sorry to See Me Go. Stop. Demo to the cage, more tambourine, those beautiful backing vocals going
2: you, you,
1: and it's a really simple, chugging little song with the band in full swing. It's uh, a simpler lyric, no pretension here. This is the sort of thing that uh, Elton would have probably enjoyed playing live in 1968. It's not one of the strongest songs on the album, but it's got something there musically. And let's move straight on. Hang on a minute. It's a song called Nina, You're My Woman. It's written on the sleeve here as You're My Woman. This is not something that we've heard before in the Eldon John community, but this is one of those um, quick time samples that was... S- um stored saved by a quick fingered member of the elton john community so although it sounds pretty dreadful let's have a listen to the full leaked snippet of you're my woman There it is. It's uh, a thoroughly intense piece of music uh, with some wah guitar from Caleb. It's incredibly dramatic and overblown. It's got uh, twists and turns there in the melody, which are quite reminiscent of Scott Walker in my ears. It's got a massive sounding string arrangement it's, it's one of the big songs on the album. And it just seems bizarre that we never got to hear it before now. That is a bit of an exciting moment, if you've never heard that before. I bet a few people who haven't might go back and re- rewind this. Um, let's have a listen to the next song, which is another psychedelic number um. called Tartan Coloured Lady.
2: The
0: grass and ice field of all is dying. Everybody dreams of deeds of crime and the cotton colored lady woman. I am the watercolors of my
2: mind
0: And the tartan-colored lady, she is
2: mine
0: People speak of willow trees in autumn
1: It's another pretty full um, Caleb production there, featuring what is most likely to be a Zach Lawrence arranged string quartet and a harpsichord, probably the same harpsichord that we hear on Empty Sky. How many harpsichords were there in Denmark Street? It seems bizarre that they would just be there, Um, obviously. It was. It's a really morose performance from Elton of uh, a lyric that uh, Bernie's written about the natural world with lots of psychedelic imagery there. There's something about Bernie's writing which which makes it a little bit... It sounds archaic to our ears. And Steve Brown thought the same thing. Uh, Keith Haywood isn't quoting anyone directly, but he does say this in his book. Brown was listening to the likes of Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan. He suggested that they, that's Elton and Bernie, write music from the heart, rather than pen what was expected of them. On Brown's advice, Reg and Burney started to write songs for a totally different album than the one planned with Quay. So that was the the um the comment from above. And although there's nothing commercial about a lyric like this, I would agree with Steve Brown when he says that that it's not written from the heart. At least it doesn't sound like it is. And if you compare the best of these lyrics with the best of the lyrics from empty sky well i don't see a huge progression i have to say there is more i think western Four gateway is one of the better lyrics on that album empty sky as well the song itself is a strong lyric a lot of lyrics about incarceration and being trapped whereas here you have a lot of lyrics about about wasting time and kicking around and... um, Well, the next lyric is apparently not a Bernie lyric. It's a lyric of a cover, um, a song called Hourglass, which is credited in all um, writing about this album to uh, Tony Colocot, Jack Mowbray, and Breen Leboeuf. Lebeuf. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, let's have a listen to the song Hourglass, the penultimate song on the album.
0: Light another cigarette Watch the burning glow Catching spiders in my head And then I let them go Imagine pictures on the wall Watch the insects where they crawl They don't care about you to do no, no.
1: that Elton would have put a cover on this album, doesn't it? And it seems odder still when you realise that this is a song by a Canadian band that had no DJM connections whatsoever. A prog band, no less, when we look into who they are, because those guys are members of the band Chimo, C-H-I-M-O. They released some music in 1969, And this song featured on their album. So let's have a listen to the original version of Hourglass. No, hang on. So, the lyric about writing pretty, um, tracing pretty patterns on my shoe, that's a Bernie lyric. What a surprise. <laughs> it certainly sounded like a Bernie lyric. And it certainly sounded like an Elton John melody. I'm not in the least bit surprised to find out that this is not a cover version, that this is an original, and it adds more credence to this being a sequenced album by the team, because... It would be unlikely that they would have put a non-Elton John song on the first Elton John album. So, yeah, there's another new fact for you. My cat's trying to get in. Should we let him in? He's going to be a bit noisy. And We've got a cat here now. So, yeah, that's an interesting diversion. And we found something else out about this album, which we didn't know before. Well, let's go back to the actual Hourglass song written by Elton and Bernie. It's got that uh, reverb-y, echoey NO vocal thing going on. And not a huge amount else. It's... It is an odd lyric that uh, um, Tracing Crazy Patterns on My Shoe um, it, lyrically sounds a little bit like Come Down in Time, doesn't it? Hanging around, waiting for someone. And... The bit that I've played you there has the slightly psychotic backing vocals which answer Elton's thoughts in the form of, no, she's not coming and she doesn't want to see you. It's not a particularly well-realised effect, I would say. Although maybe if we were to hear it in a little bit more fidelity, we might hear some nuance in the mixing that would uh, like in the stereo field which would make that work a little bit better but we'll never know will we it seems we've reached the final song of the album which unfortunately we're not going to be able to listen to it's called watching the planes go by um and i haven't heard it so i'd love to be able to talk about it there is someone that has heard it and i'll read you their comments on it they wrote Um, about the acetate on the Steve Hoffman forums. Um, And this was what they had to say on hearing Watching the Planes Go By. Posted by Mr L Shade, he says, "Um, I, I could get most of the lyrics to Planes Down... Um, My big regret was that I didn't record the cuts as I had no facility or knowledge or of any software out there to rip the audio off of a streaming site. I could have helped you. Um, And anyway, this is what he has to say about the lyrics of Watching the Planes Go By. He says, this is them. Look up in the sky. There's a dust speck flying by. I look up and I don't know why. Seems I spend most of my time watching the planes go by. The windows open and the curtains blow around my room, where the lights are low. I've been to Bournemouth and watched the stars, wondering just how far you are away from me. I've been out of here. You're somewhere, somewhere out there too far from me. And I want it to be like it was when the summer was here, instead of just sitting here, watching the planes go by. He says of the song, By the way, the recording is a full arrangement with horns and strings, guitar, bass and EJ on piano and vocal. The arrangement is even more lush than The Tide Will Turn for Rebecca and, in my opinion, the performance was the most spot-on of any of the EJ's unreleased demos. This one should have been released. Well, we can but imagine what it would have sounded like. And we can but plead with the people that own those original tapes for a release. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen in my lifetime. I'm not convinced that it's going to happen in Elton John's lifetime. Although we're already at the 50 year mark, um, things go into the public domain 50 years after their original um publishing date and that has passed for scarecrow and we have a pretty long um sample of scarecrow i'll probably talk about oh, quiet isaac well i'll talk about that in a later podcast i think and the date there's also passed for a dandelion dies in the wind so i could if i wanted to put together a, a double a side of of those two songs i could release it And Elton John wouldn't be able to sue me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just hope that they get their act together soon. With all of these 50-year anniversaries popping by. It's about time they made a move, I think. So it's time to bring this topic to a close. Um, I don't have any more surprises up my sleeve. um, But I have put together in... uh, Good empty sky style. I've put together a reprise of the songs of the album um, so that you can hear the uh sequencing of the album in a little bit more detail. You can hear how the songs went together. So this is the regimental Sergeant Zippo reprise.
0: You There and rested underneath a bough. They slept long. What is wrong? They never woke up again. The angel tree has grown so high, and the fruits are vanity. Sleep still in your eyes. You'll see the shadow of the sun. Up-